It's election day 2020. We examine the last minute polls. Trump and Biden make their last minute cases. And we examine the left's plans if Joe Biden is, God forbid, elected. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. The Ben Shapiro Show is sponsored by ExpressVPN. Why haven't you gotten a VPN yet? Visit expressvpn.com slash Ben. We will bring you all the latest news, the polling. In the end, all the polls mean nothing. The only true poll is election day. And here is my prediction. Pain! We'll get to that in just one second. First, what if there were a company that gave you amazing deals every day, could save you lots and lots of money? You know, one of the places you're spending a lot of money right now is, in fact, on your cell phone coverage. You're spending a lot of money on that cell phone bill. You don't have to do that. You should be getting the same cell phone coverage with Pure Talk. It's a veteran-run wireless company. Think AT&T, but much better. They understand what it means to serve Verizon, AT&T, T-Mobile. If you're with them, you're overpaying. Pure and simple. Pure Talk can easily save you over 400 bucks a year. Listen, this is all you need. Unlimited talk, text, two gigs of data for just 20 bucks a month. And if you go over on data usage, they don't charge you for it, which is great. Because really right now you are being sold unlimited data. You're not using unlimited data, but you are paying for unlimited data, which is really dumb. It's like buying all the seats on an airplane so you can sit in one seat. Bad move. Instead, switch over to Pure Talk. It's the easiest decision you will make today. You can keep your phone and your number or get great deals on the latest iPhones and Android. Grab that mobile phone dial, pound 250, say Ben Shapiro. When you do, you save 50% off your first month of service. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Pure Talk is simply smarter wireless down. Dial pound 250, say keyword Ben Shapiro. Okay, so on the day of the election, where do we stand? Now, I sense a lot of nervousness on the left. I think that nervousness is a good indicator for the right. It's also a bad indicator for the right. So it's a good indicator in the sense that the left being nervous means they don't think that this election is out of reach for Trump, which is good. I mean, if they were that confident, if they thought that they were going to walk away with this thing, that'd probably be a bad sign. But at the same time, the fact that they're nervous this time where they were not last time means that the left is going to get out and vote, which means if you're a conservative, here's your reminder, get out and vote and do it right now. Get out and vote. Take three of your friends. Take five of your friends. Take 10 of your friends. If you're in a swing state particularly, get out and vote. All of these swing states are in margin of error. All of them. Okay. What's weird is that nationally, this is not a close election. Right? In all the national polling, Biden is up anywhere from seven to 10 points. On the state level, in the swing states, this is an extraordinarily close election. A very, very, very close election. Now, I'm going to read you the Real Clear Politics poll averages right now from the swing states. And I'm going to give you which key states to watch tonight because there are going to be some early indicators of where the election is going. Again, the, the scenarios basically at this point are Trump narrow victory, Biden narrow victory, Biden blowout. There's no scenario here with a Trump blowout. Trump could theoretically do really well in the Electoral College as well as last time. He's not going to flip in all likelihood any of the states that Hillary Clinton won last time to the red column. Nevada and Nevada and, uh, and for example, Minnesota probably are out of reach for Trump, but... He could hold on to most of the states he won last time and still win. All he needs to do is win all the states he won last time, and he can still lose Michigan and Wisconsin, and he can still win the election. That is his most likely path to victory. So let's talk for a second about where these state polls stand in the Real Clear Politics polling average. Florida, the Real Clear Politics polling average has Biden up 0.9%, which means it's even, right? That means it's even. Now, having moved down to Florida, I can tell you the enthusiasm for Trump in Florida is extraordinary. I mean, off the charts large. And enthusiasm from the Hispanic community in Florida is extremely large. There are a lot of Cuban expatriates, a lot of Venezuelan expatriates, which is becoming a larger and larger vote, a lot of Brazilian expatriates, a lot of whom sort of remember the bad old days of socialism in these various countries or left-wing rule in places like Brazil. And they think to themselves, yeah, I'm not so hot on that. It also turns out that one of the unfortunate facts 
about uh, translation from English to Spanish or fortunate uh, in this case for purposes of accuracy is that the same word that, that Biden was using in his advertising to say that he was going to be progressive, that word, the, uh, the, the word that is used in Spanish, and I'm, forgive me, my Spanish is not good, but this I know. The word in Spanish for progressive is the same as the word for socialist. So when Joe Biden was advertising about how progressive he was going to be, it was being translated into the Spanish ads as, oh, I'm Hugo Chavez, which is really not a great look. Okay, so I think that he's going to win Florida, but Florida is extremely, extremely competitive. I went to vote in Florida last week. There was a big line. It was the middle of the, it was the, middle of the day on a Monday, and there was a fairly long line. I had to wait 35, 40 minutes to vote uh, where, where I was voting. Okay, other battleground states. North Carolina, Trump is up 0.2%. Everyone's dead even. Now, here's one thing that is true. Nationally, and particularly in these swing states, it looks like Trump has a lot of momentum. In virtually all of the swing states, Trump has closed the gap. So there was a wide gap in Florida for Biden, as of very recently, there's a wide gap for Biden in North Carolina. As of recently, there's a much wider gap for Biden in Pennsylvania. As of recently, right now, Biden and Trump are within margin of error in Pennsylvania, according to that Real Clear Politics polling average. Here are the last five polls in Pennsylvania. Hey, Insider Advantage had Trump up two in Pennsylvania. NBC News Marist had Biden up five in Pennsylvania. Trafalgar had Trump up two. Right, Trafalgar is uh, skewing very heavily pro-Trump. They were the ones who called it last time, and they are using a, a basic uh, sort of different voter weighting model. Uh, trying to tease out the shy Trump voter. Rasmussen had Biden up three in Pennsylvania. Susquehanna today has Trump up one in Pennsylvania. So what that ends up at is, is dead even, right? That, that is margin of error. When, when the real clear politics polling average puts somebody within two points, basically it's a toss-up state. So that means that we are, Florida's a toss-up state. North Carolina is a toss-up state. Pennsylvania is a toss-up state. Michigan, the margin has come down for Biden. The margin was up at seven or eight points just about a week ago. And now that margin has dropped fairly dramatically, really, in the last couple of weeks. The, the Real Clear Politics polling average in Michigan had Biden up nine. It had Biden up nine just about two weeks ago, not even two weeks ago, a week ago. Biden was up nine in that Real Clear Politics polling average. Now Biden is up four in that Real Clear Politics polling average. So Trump is closing the gap and fast in Michigan as well. Although that one, again, Trump would really have to exceed expectations to win Michigan. In Ohio, Trump is now up in the real clear politics polling average. In Arizona, Biden and Trump are dead even. The real clear politics polling average had Biden with a wide lead just a couple of days ago. And just a few days ago, Biden was up five points in Arizona. Now, they're dead even. They're dead even in the real clear politics polling average. In Texas, Trump is up at 1.2. It's widely expected that Trump is going to win Texas anyway. Nevada, Biden is only up by 2.2 in Nevada. So that one is close to margin of error. Georgia, Trump is up one. That one should be a lot wider. So there's two ways to slice this. One is there are a lot of states that Trump should be walking away with that are way too close to call. The other is that all the states that Biden needs to walk away with are also too close to call, which means that when you look at the final analysis of the polling, and good news, guys, after tomorrow, after tonight, ain't no more polling talk. Nobody cares because the polls are done, right? If you look at the polls right now, the polls would not have to be wrong for Biden to win 320 electoral votes or for Trump to win 300 electoral votes. The polls would not have to be wrong for any of that to happen. Remember, polls are a margin of error business. If you get it within the margin of error, your poll was right. It doesn't actually have to call who won the poll. If again, that is within a point or two, it doesn't matter. The poll did a good job. So the election is really, really close, which is why you need to get out and you need to vote and you need to do it right now. Now, the media are setting up a post election sort of conundrum for the American people, which is if Trump wins, they've already set up this narrative where it was voter suppression. Voter suppression is not a thing. On the right, there's a lot of talk about voter fraud. 
Okay, there's the possibility of people attempting voter fraud. There has been no evidence of widespread voter fraud in the tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands. The possibility of somebody exploiting the system does exist. That exists in every system where you have 160 million people doing anything. But do I think that this election is going to come down to either voter fraud or voter suppression? I know for a fact it's not coming down to voter suppression because we have the highest rates of voting in American history right now. Uh, not in terms of the overall rate, but in terms of the number of actual votes. Right? We're going to have more votes in this election than any time in American history. Before Election Day, we had over 90 million ballots cast. In states like Texas, more ballots had been cast before Election Day than were cast all the way through Election Day last time around. So we're going to blow out whatever record number of votes were cast in the last election. There is no widespread voter suppression. People are not stopping people from voting. It's not a thing. There have been lawsuits filed to determine what constitutes a legally, uh, a legally cast ballot. That is not the same thing as voter suppression. If I sue because I think that you are casting a ballot without fulfilling the legal obligations, that's not called voter suppression. That is called enforcement of statutory law. And the courts will interpret that. And many of these lawsuits that have been attempting to, for example, discount drive-through balloting in Texas have been invalidated by like a Bush judge. A Bush judge invalidated that lawsuit. So all the talk about voter suppression is nonsense. You'll notice the media are pushing the voter suppression angle extremely hard because they're always looking for another reason for Democrats not being responsible for their own loss. This is something that, that I don't really see Republicans doing very often, looking for an excuse for why their candidate lost. If Republicans lose, I think that what you're going to see is Republicans being upset, Republicans believing correctly that the media put their thumb, not just their thumb, their entire arm, not just their entire arm, their entire body on the scale in favor of Joe Biden. And I think Republicans will be angry about that. And I think they'll be right to be angry about that. But there's not going to be any excuse making in, in a large measure about how the system itself was deeply corrupt and needs to be torn down at the root. There's not going to be talk about how we need to quash Americans' fundamental freedoms in order to ensure that our candidates win. That's something only the left does. In 2016, we had the intelligence apparatus mobilize against Trump post-election, right? I mean, this is now pretty clear that James Comey and company were actually using nefarious means in order to target members of the Trump administration, right? people like Michael Flynn. The, the, we've seen the Democratic Party, get into the business of trying to regulate the living hell out of social media and or pressure social media with threats of regulation so they will prevent the dissemination of information. And they were successful. They were successful at bullying Twitter and Facebook into not covering things about Joe Biden that Joe Biden found unflattering. You saw Democrats talking about reconstituting the Senate, adding states. You talk, they're still talking about getting rid of the filibuster. They're talking about getting rid of the Electoral College, packing the Supreme Court. When Democrats lose, in other words, they see this as a problem with the system. When Republicans lose, they generally see it as a problem with the candidates. When Democrats lose, it's the system and or that 45% of Americans they think are just terrible people. When Republicans lose, it's generally about the candidate. It may be about people in the media not covering things properly. That asymmetry means that Democrats are constantly pushing for the thing they're always pushing for, which is systemic change, which is exactly the sort of thing that you should be afraid of because the systems of the United States are in fact quite good. A thing to remember this election day, as with every election day, for virtually all of human history, Human beings could not choose their own leaders. For virtually all of human history, people could not vote to change a party in power for a party out of power. For virtually all of human history, people lived in poverty. People lived on the, th on the verge of death. And for billions of people the world over, all of this is still true. America is a damned incredible country. And if your solution to your candidate losing is we need to tear down the entire system, that is because you're doing something wrong. If your solution to your candidate losing is we need to infringe on Americans' fundamental freedom, you're doing something wrong. This is what I'm fearful of if the left wins today. I'm fearful of the Democrats going along with that program to tear down those fundamental freedoms because they see those things as obstacles to their agenda. Either those things are tools for them. The Electoral College is good when Obama wins, right? 
If Texas flip, flips to, to Biden today, the Electoral College will be good again. But when those things cut against their agenda, those things become bad. Democrats are instrumentalists about the system. They don't believe in the system itself. They're instrumentalists about it. If the system helps them, it is good. If the system does not help them, it is bad and it ought to be torn out. And that's what you ought to be afraid of. That's why Democrats should not be put in charge of the system because they don't actually believe in the system. They don't actually believe in the institutions. They make excuses for why Hillary Clinton lost rather than just saying she was a crap candidate who deserved to lose and the American people chose against her. Instead of that, they decided that they were going to start tearing away at the fundamental fabric of American freedoms and American institutions. That's going to continue apace whether Biden is elected or not. But if Biden's elected, he's now in charge of dismantling a system that elected him to office. And I, I don't think that he'll be shy about that. We'll get to that in just one second. First, let's talk about the quality of your clothing. So now I used to be one of those guys who would just go buy like a generic t-shirt. And then after like three washes, it would fall apart. It would look crappy. It just doesn't look good. And more and more these days, because many of us are working at home and we're wearing more casual stuff, you need a great t-shirt that looks fantastic every time it comes out of the wash. This is why I love, I love the clothing from Cuts. You don't really need to wear a tie for your Zoom meeting, but sweatpants and your go-to gym tee don't really feel right either. Cuts clothing, it's the perfect solution to your work from home wardrobe confusion. Cuts is the best in the world at making technical apparel for the sport of business. Their t-shirts, polos, hoodies, they have enough quality and style to wear in the office, on a date, anywhere in between. You don't have to choose between a classic look and a modern feel. After four years of development, Cuts has finally released their new polos and hoodies. The new Pika polo was designed in Los Angeles with Cuts custom-engineered Pika Pro fabric that keeps you fitted for the daily work grind, a happy hour escape, everything in between. Cuts new hoodies, they're made with their custom Hyperloop French Terry fabric. They were designed with comfort in mind and lasting structure for the long haul. I basically only wear Cuts t-shirts at this point because they are so good. Cuts is loved by your favorite athletes, entrepreneurs, even magnificent humans like me. It seems like everyone is wearing Cuts these days. Get 15% off your first order by going CutsClothing.com slash Shapiro. Again, that's CutsClothing.com slash Shapiro for 15% off the only shirt worth wearing. Go check them out right now. CutsClothing.com slash Shapiro. Okay, so a lot of people are paying attention to the national polling tonight. That's pretty much worthless. There are a couple of reasons why it's pretty much worthless. If Trump comes within four points in the national polling, he has a shot at winning. If he loses by eight, it's going to be a foregone conclusion at that point that he probably, not probably, he will lose. If he, if he is down eight points in the popular vote, he's going to lose. Now, it's also true that if there is a shy Trump effect, I was talking about this with uh, one of my, our fellow Daily Wire talents, Cassie Dillon. She was pointing out that if there is a, a shy Trump effect, you know, people who are, are voting Trump and not telling pollsters they're going to vote Trump, that's actually most likely to show up in national polling, not state level polling. I tend to agree with this. The reason being, if you live in California, you live in New York, no way a pollster calls you up and asks you about who you're voting for. And you're like, absolutely Trump. Because the social consequences of voting for Trump in a place like California or New York or Massachusetts or Illinois, right, in very heavily populated Democratic states, the shy Trump vote could really be a thing. So you could see a, a heavy overestimate of Biden's margin of victory in the popular vote based on that shy Trump effect, particularly in major cities and blue areas around the country. But as 537 says, or 538 rather, uh, Nate Silver's organization, if Donald Trump comes within four points of Joe Biden, if he's three, if he's three points down to Joe Biden in the national vote, he'll win. Basically, there's a 57% shot that if, if he is within three points in the national popular vote, then Donald Trump wins. So Trump does not need to close the gap the entire way. He does not need to win the popular vote. Now, with that said, obviously, the, the national polling is bad for Trump. According to Yahoo, on the eve of what threatens to be the most contentious and potentially confusing election day in modern memory, Democratic presidential nominee Joe Biden retains a double-digit lead over President Trump in that final Yahoo News at YouGov poll of the 2020 campaign. It's a 10-point margin that's more than three times as large as Hillary Clinton's final polling advantage in 2016. 
Yet most voters, 51%, expect Trump to refuse to concede if he loses. More than three quarters, 77%, worry that violence will break out in the coming days. Okay, this has all been prepped by the media. Okay, when, when I talk about the, the media being a, a target that people should, should focus in on, the media's behavior over the last four years has fundamentally foreclosed the possibility that you should trust them ever again. Seriously, there needs to be an alternative media source you look to. I'm not saying never turn on CNN again, although that'd be fine. I'm saying that if you're gonna watch CNN, you absolutely need to watch another source. You cannot take it for granted that these objective news sources, so-called objective news sources, are providing you objective news. They absolutely are not. The narrative that Trump is gonna refuse to concede if he loses the election, like loses it clearly, not that it gets litigated in Pennsylvania and then he refuses to concede, but that he loses Georgia, he loses Texas, and then he's sitting there being like, I'm never giving up. Like, that's not going to happen. Okay, and that's a media-created narrative. Trump should just say, if I lose clearly, of course I'm out, but I'm gonna have to make sure that all the legally cast ballots that are that are cast are counted, and then if I lose, of course I leave, right? I mean, that's, that's obvious, that is true. Mike Pence has said it, and other members of the cabinet have said it. As far as the worry that violence is gonna break out in the coming days, who do you think is responsible for that violence? Right? Here's, here's why people are worried about violence. Seriously, the reason people are worried about violence is because the Democrats and the media have crafted a narrative. The narrative is perfectly obvious. Okay, that narrative is that if, if Donald Trump wins, it must be some form of voter suppression. It must be some form of corruption. The system is fundamentally broken. He's gonna be a dictator for life. And therefore, you should be out in the streets. The media have been promoting this. The idea that it's right-wingers who are promoting violence in the streets, it is not right. It is not right. Honest to God, if Donald Trump loses... I do not think you're going to see right-wing violence in the street. I'll eat my words if that turns out not to be true, but I, I, I do not see the evidence that right-wingers are going to go out in the street and start burning down stores and breaking into CVS if Donald Trump loses tonight. It's only the left that's been doing that. And the, the overt attempt by the media to twist street violence into a Republican phenomenon is completely insane. And also, it's amazing how gullible the American people are about this. There's a poll that came out in the middle of the rioting in Kenosha showing that a plurality of Americans were more worried about white supremacists rioting in America's major cities than Black Lives Matter, which is totally crazy, okay? Because you can believe the media or you can believe your own eyes, but the problem is when the media are your eyes, there's no way for you to believe otherwise. Okay, we're gonna get to more of this, more of the preparations for violence for what's coming after in just one second. First, let us talk about how hard it is to find excellent, excellent employees. So I am back in Los Angeles today for our election night broadcast. And, you know, it reminded me that I have a lot of great employees here in Los Angeles. It also reminded me that I have some not so great employees. I mean, just to be perfectly frank about this. I mean, some of them actually I brought with me from Florida, but some of them, uh, they could I'm not going to name any names. I'm not going to say that, like, you know, Pablo could have been quicker with the coffee or that Nika could have been faster on the hair or anything. I, I'm not just going to name names. I'm not going to say that, you know, folks like Cassie, they could be a little bit less, I don't know, obtrusive about their their Instagram talk. All I'm going to say is that there's a lot of room at this company and all other companies for upgrading your employment staff. And this is why you should check out ZipRecruiter. Right now, ZipRecruiter can be tried for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. When you post a job on ZipRecruiter, it gets sent out to over 100 job sites with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter's powerful matching technology finds people with the right skills and experience for your job and it actively invites them to apply. So you get qualified candidates fast. It's no wonder four out of five employers who post on ZipRecruiter get a quality candidate within the very first day. Right now, you can try ZipRecruiter for free at ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That is ZipRecruiter.com slash D-A-I-L-Y-W-I-R-E. Try it again for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. ZipRecruiter is indeed the smartest way to hire. And uh, I would just be remiss if I did not mention that I also that Nick fell within my eyeline today. So he will also be mentioned in the ZipRecruiter ad just as, you know, just a slap at Nick because it had, it had to be done. Okay, so as we... As we move toward the election, 
you can see this narrative being set up. Right? The narrative is that if the election goes the wrong way, Democrats will tear down the system. Also, if the election goes the right way, Democrats will tear down the system. So it seems as though almost it doesn't matter how the election goes. Democrats and media and the left would like to tear down the system. That's exciting stuff. Twitter was pushing today a piece from Yahoo News Australia in their Twitter trends. I'm sure that there were just so many people who were aiming their, their clickers over to, they were aiming their mouse over to the Yahoo News Australia site that Twitter just had to feature it. They just had to feature the piece because so many people visit Yahoo News Australia. The piece is called The Controversial U.S. Electoral College Explained. Oh, it's controversial now, is it? <laughs> so this left-wing talking point that the Electoral College, you know, the system by which we devise our presidents and have done so for more than two centuries, that that is, um, that is controversial. That's not just being promoted by Twitter willy-nilly. Josh Shapiro, no relation, thank God, who is the attorney general of the state of Pennsylvania, he tweeted out, if the votes are added up in Pennsylvania, Trump is going to lose. That's why he's working overtime to subtract as many votes as possible from this process. For the record, he's 0-6 against us in court. We've protected voting rights. Now, ignore the noise. Vote. Okay, so just going to point out here that um, that is paving the way for violence. It is. If all the votes are added up in PA, Trump will lose. That's the attorney general of the state of Pennsylvania charged with enforcing the law in the state of Pennsylvania, saying that if his candidate doesn't win, if Joe Biden does not win, it's because somebody cheated. That's dangerous stuff. What's amazing is that the media refuse to acknowledge that it's dangerous stuff when it comes from the left. They just keep talking about voter suppression and Trump talking about voter fraud and all this kind of stuff. When your entire mainstream media is telling you the election is not legit if Trump wins, what do you think is going to be the predictable result, especially in a country where the vast majority of political violence that we have seen over the course of the last six months has been left-wing political violence in the streets? Why do you think these businesses are boarding up? Our business out here in LA is boarded up today. Why do you think that is? You think we're boarding up? Because we think that the Trump caravan folks are going to come beat down our doors if Trump were to lose? According to Axios, America's cities are bracing for violence as soon as tomorrow. Driving the news, landmarks, stores, and restaurants in New York, Washington, D.C., and other cities are boarding up their front doors in fear that Election Day will bring another blow to their businesses, many of which are already reeling from the pandemic and damage from photos. Why it matters. The country's election outcome could lead to civil unrest no matter who wins. People all over the country are preparing for the worst. See, that's the funny part, too, is that if Biden wins, you could see celebratory riots in the streets. It's rioting for all seasons out here in the blue cities. And uh, I'm enjoying the fact that many of these blue cities, are, uh, many of these businesses, they're putting up the ply board on their, on their stores. During the Black Lives Matter riots, they put up BLM, Black-owned business on the boards like, please don't rob us. Of course, it doesn't help at all. Now they're putting up anti-Trump crap on their businesses so that everybody knows that you shouldn't rob their store because they don't like Trump either. Okay, but let's be real about this. The only people who are looking to rob stores and loot things, those are not Donald Trump voters. They ain't. Okay, so post-election, that is the threat. Okay, this is, it is everything crystallized. Trump is not a threat to the system. I know, you keep hearing from the media that Trump is a threat to the system. He's been president for four years. Explain how he's threatened the system. Please, I'm waiting. Seriously, he has not overturned the will of the Supreme Court. He's obeyed their law. He's obeyed their rulings. He has not overthrown the will of Congress. He has not used executive orders in nearly as expansive ways as his predecessor, Barack Obama, did. He has not threatened the press. Nobody's in jail because of Trump. Hey, Barack Obama actually put journalists in jail. Donald Trump has not done that. Donald Trump has started no new foreign wars. Donald Trump has been a far less obtrusive governmental presence in your life than anybody from the Democratic Party was or will be in the aftermath of the election. Because just recognize that after the election, all of the incentives for Democrats are to crack down hard, particularly with regard to COVID. I already made my prediction on COVID yesterday. I think what will happen is that we will hit the top of the curve in December in terms of number of infections, late November, December. This is what the scientists are suggesting. 
And then by the time of the inauguration, it will already be on the wane. And if Joe Biden is made president, it won't matter. He'll still do national lockdowns. He'll still do masking. And then he'll claim credit after the curve has already started to come down the other side. And then the media will go right along with it, which is exactly what they did with Andrew Cuomo. Right? Andrew Cuomo only started implementing all of the masking measures after the curve had already hit the peak. And then they credited him as though he had fixed everything, which was absurd on its face. In just a second, we'll get to the final campaign points being made by all of the various sides. And again, politics very often comes down to the stupidest iterations of what are actually very profound ideas. So we will see that in action as both parties rally to the end. Trump has been visiting Pennsylvania a lot. Biden is in Pennsylvania. He's been deploying Barack Obama to Florida. Those are, those are I think, the two key states tonight, by the way. If you really had to ballpark it, you have to say that Pennsylvania and Florida are the two key states. If Trump wins Florida, he still has to win Pennsylvania. If Biden wins Florida, the election's over. That's going to be your first indicator. So if you're watching our coverage tonight, which you should at dailywire.com, because we're doing it all night long. We have surprises, special guests, and amazing announcements, like really, truly incredible announcements for what we're going to be doing in the next year. It's pretty great. Head over to Daily Wire Night. But Florida is going to be the first indicator as to how things are going to go tonight. Okay, we're going to get to more of this in just one second. First, let us talk about the fact that if you've ever owned a car, and not least owned a car, and you've gotten your car in a bit of a scrape, car repairs can cost you an absolute damn fortune. I remember I had a baby blue when I got married. I had a baby baby blue 2006 Ford Mustang GT convertible. My wife hated it because it really messed up her hair. When we were dating, she hated it. Now I have, of course, the, the dad car. I have a, a Honda Odyssey um, and love it, love it, love it. I, I, not the same, but in any case, my wife uh, made the unfortunate mistake of driving that Ford Mustang GT up onto a planter outside of our house, like an actual planter in our front yard. So the car was up off the ground. And I, like an idiot, I was like, I will get it down. So I put it in reverse and uh, promptly pulled it down off the planter, shaking the transmission loose from the car. That cost a damned fortune. I wish at that point I'd had CarShield because CarShield allows you not to worry about these sorts of things. CarShield offers a wide range of protection plans that can save you thousands for a covered repair. That means that check engine light is a lot less scary when it comes on. You have the freedom to choose your favorite mechanic or dealership to do the work. CarShield gets the rest taken care of. Even if your car breaks down while you're traveling, the choice of a repair shop is still up to you. On top of that, no long-term contracts or commitments. Payments are flexible. CarShield plans are customizable to your exact needs. CarShield has helped over 1 million drivers. That's why they're America's number one auto protection company. I used to dread car repairs. Now I no longer have to. CarShield saves me. Go to carshield.com slash Ben. Use code Ben to save at 10%. That's carshield.com slash Ben. Use code Ben. A deductible may apply. Okay, so everybody campaigning to the end. President Trump has been in Michigan. He has been in Pennsylvania. He's all over the place. Uh, he has deployed members of his family, members of cabinets, places like Arizona. Trump's closing pitch is what his pitch should have been all along, which is he has helped the economy. He has kept the country open. We are, in fact, in the midst of a historically good economic recovery from a historic low because of the COVID shutdowns that were necessary at the beginning when we didn't know what we were doing, but now are counterproductive and unnecessary. Here was President Trump talking about how under him, the economy grew at the fastest rate ever. Under my leadership, our economy is now growing at the fastest rate ever recorded in the history of our country. 33.1%. 33.1%. We created a record 11.4 million jobs in the last five months. Okay, so that obviously is true. And that would have been a great campaign, right? I wish that we'd had more of that Trump on the stump throughout the campaign. Trump also pointed out his accomplishments, right? He said, we have great new Supreme Court justices. This, of course, is also true. We're going to have, we just put a great one on, Amy, three Supreme Court justices 
And whatever happened with Biden, he was going to say, you know, is he going to pack the court? He just keeps tapping. Maybe he's smarter than we think. Keeps tapping it along. And who are the people he's going to put on? He was supposed to say who he's put. You cannot vote for him if he doesn't tell you about packing the court. Okay, so that that is Trump's closing pitch. Mike Pence, of course, made the same pitch. He points out that under President Trump, we've stood for religious freedom. Again, this is the thing about Trump's record. Trump's record is quite good, as I pointed out a thousand times on this program already. If you just separated off all the things that people don't like about Trump's personality from the stuff he's gotten done, he'd, he'd win in a walk. That poll from Gallup showing 56% of Americans say they are better off now than they were four years ago, which is indeed the highest percentage for any president in the last 30 years. And that should be a foregone conclusion he wins. A lot of this is just a personality issue. Right, Here's is Mike Pence pointing out the record. Under President Donald Trump, we've stood for that first freedom, religious freedom strong. We restored the conscience rights of doctors and nurses. And it was President Donald Trump who ended the assault on the little sisters of the poor and the Supreme Court made it permanent. Okay, Mike Pence was right about that. He also pointed out at this rally that Donald Trump is in favor of more fracking. One of the reasons that you've seen the polls close so fast in Pennsylvania is because of Joe Biden saying in that last debate that he was going to end the oil industry. We're going to transition away from the oil industry. Here's Pence going after that. Men and women of Michigan, no matter what Joe Biden and Kamala Harris are saying right now, you can take it to the bank. Joe Biden and the Democratic Party are going to try and abolish fossil fuels, close down the oil industry, ban fracking. But we're not going to let it happen. We're going to have more fracking, more American energy, more energy independence for this generation and for generations to come when we reelect President Donald Trump for four more years. On a policy level, these are all 60-40 propositions in favor of the Republicans. Pence also pointing out that Republicans aren't interested in defunding the police. Joe Biden has said he's also not interested in defunding the police. There's only one problem. He's talked openly about shifting funding away from police, which technically speaking is defunding the police. Here's Pence. President Donald Trump, I'll make your promise. We're not going to defund the police. Not now, not ever. We're going to back the blue and we're going to back the blue for four more years. Okay, so that is the contrast of visions. Meanwhile, Joe Biden's entire campaign has been that Donald Trump is a blight upon the land and when removed, everything will be solved. So yesterday he campaigned as alternatively your dad, the Pope and God. That was his actual campaign yesterday. He tweeted out three separate tweets that sort of laid this out. One, he suggested that he was going to treat you like a member of his family, which is the last thing that I want. I do not want him treating me like a member of his family. Okay, because I don't want any politician treating me like a member of their family. And frankly, if I were going to have a politician treat me like a member of his family, Biden's not a bad guy to do it because then I could pick up bags of cash for no reason except my family name in Ukraine and Kazakhstan and China wouldn't have to know anything about those countries, could just kind of jet set there and pick up giant bags of cash. That'd be fun. But he said he was going to treat us like members of our family, of, of his family, which I don't want. I don't want these people anywhere near my family. God bless and keep the Tsar far, far away from us. And then he tweeted out, I started this campaign saying we were in a battle for the soul of this nation. And I believe that even more deeply today. Make no mistake. It's a battle we can and will win. OK, so if you believe that your soul is going to be saved by a geriatric politician who's shifted every major position he's ever held while corruptly using his office to allow his friends and family to benefit from it. If that guy's going to save your soul, get a little God in your life. And then, and then Joe Biden's like, well, I am God. Good news. So here's his final tweet. I'm not going to shut down the country. I'm not going to shut down the economy. I'm going to shut down the virus. Yeah, bullcrap. Okay, this is wish casting for morons. If you're, you're such a dupe that you think that this guy's going to save you, your life is on the line and Joe Biden's going to save you. Donald Trump is a threat to your life. He's going to come to your house deep at night. And he's going to take those 
those orange hands and wrap them around your throat. Like you're, you're an idiot and I don't know what to tell you. Okay, but, but the entire Biden campaign is specifically and only about what a bad person Donald Trump is. Because on policy, they don't got a lot. On policy, nobody likes their policies. Right, so here's Biden's, Biden's closing campaign again was Donald Trump is a very bad man who's bad in orange and mean and bad and also bad and stupid. He knew in January how dangerous it was and how many people could die. And he said nothing. He didn't say a thing to you, me, or anybody else. He kept it secret. He hid it from the American people. He knew it was worse than the flu. He lied to the American people. He knew it wasn't going to disappear. He kept telling us a miracle was coming. Or maybe we should inject uh, bleach into our veins. I mean, whatever. God, what a... Anyway. Anyway. Okay, so um, he didn't say he was, that you should inject bleach into your veins. He said very silly things during that press conference about getting sunlight into your body or something. It was more about injecting sunlight, frankly. But it, none of that should be, like, honestly, how about this? How about instead of focusing in on the dumb things that Trump says over the course of his presidency, you focus in on the things that he has done as president of the United States. It is also a lie, by the way, that Trump knew how bad COVID was. Even Bob Woodward doesn't really allege that Donald Trump, quote unquote, knew how bad COVID was. Nobody did. Anthony Fauci in February was suggesting everybody go about their business. But according to Joe Biden, in January, Donald Trump knew this was going to kill hundreds of thousands of people and did nothing, which is just crap. Okay, the, the reason that Joe Biden has to focus in on Trump's personality is, again, the policies of Trump have been successful. And two, if you spend more than five minutes watching Joe Biden, you know two things. One, this guy is no transformational savior of the United States. And two, this guy ain't going to be in office long. Here, here's just a little bit of Joe Biden over the last 24 hours stumbling over his words. Because, again, uh, you can be, you know, maybe he'll be, maybe if he's elected, uh, he will be competent through the first four years of his administration. I, I tend to doubt it. And I don't think that that is a, a rip on everybody who's above a certain age. I think it's a rip on this guy. I've been watching this guy for a decade. Right? I've been watching him since 2008 and before, because he was a senator before that. The market decline in Joe Biden, it's, it's very obvious, which means that Kamala Harris is going to be president. Here was Joe Biden yesterday, stumbling and bumbling just throughout the day. No other nation can match us. We lead by the example of our power, not just by the power, but by the power of our example. My son, Bo volunteered. He had to give up the seat of attorney general and volunteer to go to Iraq for a year. He won the Bronze Star, the Conspicuous Service Medal. I'll be the first president who didn't have an Ivy League degree in a long time. Well, let me tell you something. Somehow that's kind of mean I didn't belong. Okay. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like that, that is not a person who is going to be serving as president of the United States in eight years. I, I doubt he'll be serving as president of the United States in four. Instead, you're going to get this. Here's Kamala Harris talking yesterday about getting rid of Trump's tax bill, which, by the way, if you actually got rid of Trump's entire tax bill, it would raise taxes on 80% of Americans. Joe understands that when they pass that tax bill benefiting the top 1% and the biggest corporations of America, causing us to deal with a $2 trillion deficit, that that wasn't about working people. And if we get done what we need to get done, Pennsylvania, in the next 24 hours, Joe and I are about to get rid of that tax bill. All of the tax bill you're going to get rid of. You mean even the parts that cut taxes for everybody. That person is who you're actually going to end up with as, as president. Um, when, when she was selected as VP, I thought that was such a gift to Trump. And it just I, I don't think it was taken advantage sufficiently of by, by the Trump Pence campaign. Okay, we'll get to more of this in just one second. And then we'll get to what things are going to look like 
if, God forbid, Trump loses, what, what it looks like in a post-Trump era. Because you can see where this is going. You can see where this is going. The threat is to the institutions, and the threat is from the left. We'll get to that in one second. First, let us talk about something you can do that's great for your family. So I've been encouraging today, people, go out and vote, and then spend some time with your family, because it's much more important to spend time with your family than it is to vote. It just, it just is. Just in terms of your life, it is much more important. One great way that you can bring families together rather than tearing them apart through politics is through a service called Legacy Box. It's a super simple mail-in service to have all your videotapes, camcorder tapes, film reels, pictures digitally preserved on a thumb drive, DVD, or the cloud. Are your family's memories trapped on an old camcorder tape or a film reel? Do you even have a VHS player anymore? The answer, of course, is not. You do not have a VCR. So what you need to do is translate all of those memories and you need to put them in a digital format that you can use and that you can access. Legacy Box is doing this for my parents. It's just fantastic. I cannot wait to see the results when we get all those film reels back of my grandparents and we can finally look at those for the first time in 30 years. Legacy Box is a way for you to easily and affordably digitally preserve your past. The process from start to finish is incredibly simple. You pack and you send. Their team digitizes everything by hand and then you enjoy. Legacy Box is the world's largest digitizer of home movies and photos. They've helped over 850,000 families digitally preserve their past. Get started future-proofing your memories today so you can gather the family, begin that trip down memory lane. Head on over to LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro to get an incredible 40% off your first order. Buy today. Take advantage of this exclusive offer. Send in when you already, go to LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. Save 40% while supplies last. That is LegacyBox.com slash Shapiro. And when you use that slash Shapiro, you save 40% while supplies last. Alrighty, more coming up in one second. First, as you may have noticed, um, it's election day. Okay, it is urgent, urgent that you go down and vote. Okay, and then once you vote, you need to stick with us all day long. We have programming all day long. And this is an urgent election. What we are watching right now, as I'm going to discuss more in a moment, is a threat to our institutions, our fundamental freedoms, Okay, the, the fact is that for the Democratic Party, freedoms, fundamental American philosophy, these are all obstacles to utopian vision of leveling that they see. And Kamala Harris put out a video yesterday in which she explicitly said that equality of outcome is the goal and that anything that stands in the way of equality of outcome is, in fact, inequity. Okay, that's just outright soft Marxism. That's just all it is. And Democrats are willing to make your rights secondary to all of their goals. They had a choice to make. They could have stood with American rights. And it would have made their program for utopia a little bit harder to achieve. Or they could have gone all the way with the hard woke left and they went all the way with the hard woke left. That's what's at stake in this election, the direction of the country. So you need to go vote. And then you need to tune in to dailywire.com and you need to make sure that you watch our programming all day long. Right now, 25% off all memberships of the code election is our special election day deal. Our election coverage starts at 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific time. It's going to go all day, all the way until we either have a winner or we don't have a winner. We're going to go until as late as we can possibly stand. It's going to be like 11 hours, 12 hours. I mean, like all day long. Also, we have lots of surprises for you coming up on tonight's broadcast. So it starts at like 3 p.m. Eastern, 12 p.m. Pacific. And then we do basically backstage all night to cover everything. We have election cutaways to, to experts in the, in the other room who are covering the map. It's going to be great. Okay, it's going to be just fantastic, and you're going to want to stick with us the entire time. It'll be entertaining. Uh, hopefully, there will be more laughter than tears. You're going to watch all day, and again, 25% off with code ELECTION. While you're at it, you need to pick up a copy of my book, How to Destroy America, in three easy steps. Okay, that book is not just relevant for the election. It is relevant way beyond the election. Now, there's a lot of education that needs to be done, particularly of, particularly of America's young people. If you've got a, a kid who's in high school, if you are a kid in high school, if you're a, if you're a, a young person in college, People ask me all the time, what's the best book to read that will give me like a brief overview of American philosophy and American history? This is that book. And it's about why there are so many people who want to tear away that history, tear away that philosophy, tear away key parts of American culture. 
Go check out my book, How to Destroy America, in three easy steps right now. It is a valuable read. I'm very proud of it, and I think it's going to impact a lot of people. It already has. Hundreds of thousands of people have bought it. So go check it out right now. You can pick it up at Amazon or BarnesandNoble.com. You are listening to the largest, fastest-growing conservative podcast and radio show in the nation. All righty, so let's talk about the institutions, because this is really what I want to talk about. Because this is the battle. The battle isn't just about Trump and Biden. As you know, when it comes to personalities, uh, I have no great love for any of these candidates. My, my view of politicians, they're plumbers. I don't want to hear about their lives. I don't want to hear about what they do. I don't really care. Uh, I don't want to hang out with them. I spend too much time with them as it is already. The more time you spend with politicians, the more you realize that they are the dumbass kids from your third grade class who picked their boogers and ate them. And there's this great myth about American politics that it is the greatest, wisest statesman among us who make it in American politics. Uh, I think that in, we, we should let that one go, guys, frankly. Politics is veep. It is not, in fact, house of cards. Conspiracy theories are generally wrong because they require a baseline level of intelligence and competence that simply does not exist for the vast majority of people who are elected to high office. Okay, with that said, what does protect you are your constitutional rights. What does protect you are the institutions of the United States. But those only work, that only only works, they, they only protect you if those function properly. So that means the intelligence apparatus only works to protect you if it functions properly and is not politicized which is why I am deeply fearful that if Trump were to lose, the repoliticization of the intelligence apparatus would be upon us. Okay, there is no question at this point that the intelligence apparatus, people like Peter Strzok and James Comey, was politicized in the early days of the Trump administration and the last days of the Obama administration. There's just no question about this. Okay, the evidence is now very clear that whether or not the Russia gate investigation was properly predicated and evidence suggests that it probably was not, that this was bad information being funneled via the Hillary Clinton campaign and Fusion GPS to members of the FBI in order to initiate an investigation. But even assuming that was done in good faith, the quick turn from that to we are going to use every means at our disposal, legal and otherwise, in order to fulfill our utopian fantasy of Donald Trump as Russian agent, that was a complete perversion of what the intelligence agencies are supposed to do. And so it is no surprise today that James Comey, who is responsible for overseeing much of this, posed in a Biden-Harris 2020 t-shirt with a Biden-Harris coffee cup. Yeah, we know, James. We know. We are fully aware. That is the problem. You're claiming that you're going to save the intelligence apparatus from being politicized by Donald Trump. You were there before Trump, and you were a political actor then. I mean, we all know that James Comey acted politically in order to protect Hillary Clinton from criminal liability in her emails case. He actually had to rewrite the law and add intent as an element of the law in order to not prosecute Hillary Clinton. And then he oversaw the FISA warrants, that were not legal against Carter Page. James Comey was a political figure. He was a grandstanding political figure. He remains a grandstanding political figure. And he'll go back to being in the government if if Joe Biden wins. People like him will, even if James Comey is never rehired. People like Peter Strzok, the, the supposed good soldiers who are overtly political. Those people will be in charge of an apparatus that is capable of watching your every move or taking out FISA warrants against you. Okay, the intelligence apparatus is going to be repoliticized. The Electoral College is going to come under fire. So Sally Cohn, one of the ids of the Democratic Party, and she tweeted out, whatever the outcome tomorrow, and then all capital letters, the Electoral College is a horrible, racist, regressive mechanism of repressing democracy. And I just said it that way because it's all in capital letters. Yes, I'm sure. The Electoral College is a horrible, racist, regressive mechanism of repressing democracy. Right? The Electoral College will come under fire. Right. The Senate will come under fire. You've already seen many Democrats saying the Senate is unconstitutional. The Senate is not unconstitutional. It is un-American because Montana has as many votes as California, which is um, sort of the point you may have noticed. Also, the Democrats are claiming that they want to kill the filibuster. 
They are claiming that they want to add states to the United States Senate in order to make it permanently democratic. And they've talked openly about quashing the courts. There's no question that the Democratic Party is going to push radically to the left. I mean, Bernie Sanders is saying this openly. He says if Joe Biden wins, then Biden and Bernie and Ayanna Presley and the squad and Ilhan Omar and Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, the Honorable Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, not AOC, we can't say that anymore. The Honorable Congresswoman Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez, D-Twitch, uh, Representative Rashida Tlaib, Bernie Sanders, these are the people pushing Biden to the left, and he's going to go along with it because this dude is not a bulwark in favor of moderation. So our first task, we've made it clear to everybody, it's no great secret. Our first task, we've got to defeat the worst president in the modern history of this country. And number two, we organize our people to make sure that Biden becomes the most progressive president since FDR. The assault on our institutions is going to be overwhelming. It's going to be an assault on our freedoms because those institutions protect our freedoms. There will be assaults on freedom of speech. There will be a push from the left over the coming years for, for hate speech regulation, for an attempt to stop people from speaking freely. There, there will be a push on the left against religious freedom for the idea that if you're a religious person in America, you cannot operate your business as you see fit because they have social priorities that take priority, that, that, are, that take first place. They will come after guns because they've said they're coming after guns. Joe Biden has said they're coming after guns. He said he'd put Beto O'Rourke in charge of coming after your guns. Okay, they are coming after all of the institutions, fundamental freedoms. Not just that, they are perverting and will continue to pervert the media. So one of the most hilarious things is that the media really believe that their mission extends only as far as the nearest Republican. They believe that the, the Republicans are worthy of covering in great detail. And I've said for a long time, I don't mind that the media are hypercritical of Trump. What I mind is that the media are hyper obsequious to Democrats. And when it comes to Democrats, they carry around a drool cup. And when it comes to Trump, they carry around a bat. Okay, that, you don't get to do that and then pretend you're objective. That's nonsense. If 90% of coverage of Donald Trump is negative and 99% of coverage of Barack Obama is positive, you're doing it wrong as a so-called objective journalist. You say that you're objective. You're not objective, not in any way, shape, or form. And the, the self-described heroism of these folks is astonishing. I mean, they, they, they believe that they are heroes. The democracy dies in darkness crowd. I'm not putting aside, you know, the, the opinion leaders, the people, the, the self-congratulatory opinion leaders over the Lincoln Project, people like Max Boot. So Max Boot, I just have to put this tweet up because it's so absurd on its face. He tweeted out, win or lose, never Trumpers can hold their heads high. We made our best case, wrote our most coaching columns, produced our most convincing commercials. I know that I left it all out on the field. We all did. The rest is up to voters. It's like Kevin from The Office. I I'm a hero. That, 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 that's, that's all these folks are, are people who sit around in their coffee clutches and talk about what heroes they are for standing up to Trump. But the problem is not Max Boot, because who cares about Max Boot? Or, I mean, Captain Fedora over there. And by the way, his, some of his books on like military warfare are actually pretty good. It's sad what happened to Max Boot. But putting aside Max Boot, talking about the so-called objective media, they're basically acknowledging where they're going post-Trump. And the answer is it's getting uglier. It's getting worse. Okay, it's not going to get better. If you believe that the media are going to get better at this after the election, you are sadly mistaken. We're going to go right back to the era of Barack Obama when the only scandal was a tan suit. And if you ask Barack Obama a hard question, it was because you were a racist. Jay Rosen, who teaches journalism at NYU, he tweeted out today, today, I don't mind admitting that I am mentally and spiritually exhausted, nerves fried, patience worn, smile fake, soul damaged, insights depleted, and I'm feeling like all the words have been said. My wrist aches from doom scrolling. May wrist, may make, his wrist may ache from something else, I'm guessing. My shock meter's busted. My mind won't reel. That, that is captain journalism over at NYU. Meanwhile, Ben Smith has a piece over the New York Times talking about what happens in the media 
if Joe Biden were to win? And the answer is they go right back to being the partisan hacks that they were before. They are partisan hacks. They're not objective journalists. He says, many leaders in news and media have been holding their breaths for the election and planning everything from retirement to significant shifts in strategy for the months to come, whoever wins. President Trump, after all, succeeded in making the old media great again, in part through his obsession with it. His riveting show allowed much of the television news business in particular to put off reckoning with the technological shifts that have changed all of our lives. But now change is in the air across a newscape that has revolved around the president. Oh, weird. So when Trump is president, then the news revolves around the president. But when Barack Obama or Joe Biden or any other Democrat is president, then the media cover everything else, everything else. They're going to change how they cover things. So many in the media have decided that they're retiring. Their job here is done, guys. Their job here is done. And newsrooms are now declaring that they're going to move openly in the direction of the left-wing agenda. According to Ben Smith, he says, many people are stepping down. The executive editor of the LA Times, Norm Perlstein, is looking to recruit a successor by the end of the year. Martin Barron, the executive editor of the Washington Post, just bought a house out of town. Two posties said they expected him to depart next year. The Post spokeswoman, Christine Karate, said he hadn't given notice yet, but the executive editor of the New York Times is on track to retire in 2022. Meanwhile, Jeff Zucker of CNN has signaled he's frustrated with Warner Media, and there's speculation that he may leave. Now, here's the best thing. Okay, here, here's where it gets really good. So Perlstein, who again is the executive editor of the New York Times, he says, the new metrics for success in media, you ready? The new metrics for success in media might be different as well. Issues such as inclusiveness, such as being anti-racist, so that's the media openly telling you where they're going. They're an open propaganda wing of the radical party of the Democratic Party, the most radical part of the Democratic Party. Anti-racism is code for Ibram X. Kendi, Rod, Robin DeAngelo bullcrap. That's what it is code for. It is code for you are a racist if you oppose the socialistic agenda of Ibram Kendi and Robin DeAngelo, the fascist socialist agenda of those people. If you oppose that, you're not anti-racist, and that means you're bad. And so the way that we're going to gauge media coverage and its success is how anti-racism it is. Also, he says that we're going to allow all of the staff journalists who have unionized to run the shop in media. So if you're worried about the status of the mainstream media, watch as it destroys itself in perfect butt-massaging obsequiousness to Democrats. Pearlstein says the old top-down newsroom management is a thing of the past. He says consent of the government is something you have to take pretty seriously. No, you don't. Not at a corporation. Are you insane? You think consent of the government matters one iota around here at Daily Wire? I'm the editor, okay? I'm the editor emeritus of dailywire.com. You think if my people came to me and they were like, we're not anti-racist enough, we're upset about that. You think I'd be like, oh, I'm gonna listen to everything that you have to say in your stupid addled little brains. You think that's what I would do? Since when has consent of the government been a thing at a newspaper? What in the world? Wesley Lowry, a CBS News correspondent who's been a voice for more diverse and politically engaged journalism, said he'd already seen signs of change. He said these big institutions very rarely come out and announce some big sweeping change. They say we're not changing and they change. Even people who made a big deal about how the rebels were wrong are now conceding to the things we all wanted. Wesley Lowry, by the way, a CBS News correspondent, is a person who says that all journalism should be openly partisan. That you don't want false fairness. We need open partisan journalism. So if Biden is elected, watch for more open partisan journalism on behalf of Joe Biden. Watch for attacks on your fundamental rights. Watch for attacks on the institutions of the United States. Watch, by the way, for an economy that is going to stagnate pretty quickly. Okay, all of these things are things that are likely to happen if Joe Biden is elected. So go out and vote. If you like the institutions, if you like the fact that on election day, we all get to exercise our rights in freedom, then maybe you should vote to preserve those freedoms because in the long run, the agenda of the Democratic Party does not square with many of those fundamental freedoms. And while you're voting, be grateful that you live in a country as wonderful as the United States and think about maybe why the United States is so great and what we can do 
to uphold that. What we can do to, in President Trump's phrase, make America great again. Alrighty, I'll be back here later today with two additional hours of content. Also, we have programming all day long, all day long at dailywire.com. Remember, 25% off, use the code election when you, when you get that membership. And you can hang out with us all day, watch the election returns come in. We are going to be marathoning it all day. So hang out with us over at dailywire.com. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe too. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Andrew Clavin Show, The Michael Knowles Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. Thanks for listening. The Ben Shapiro Show is produced by Colton Haas. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our supervising producers are Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Wydowski. Our associate producers are Nick Sheehan and Rebecca Doyle. The show is edited by Adam Saievitz. Audio is mixed by Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup is by Nika Geneva. The Ben Shapiro Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2020. You know, the Matt Wall Show, it's not just another show about, about politics. I think there are enough of those already out there. We talk about culture because culture drives politics and it drives everything else. So my main focuses are life, family, faith, those are fundamental, and that's what this show is about. I hope you'll give it a listen. We'll get to more on this in just one second. First, Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick-charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving. 